everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Alison Grunendike. is pretty stellar, as Amos said, so I do hope that so many of you can join us for that. It's going to be really, really awesome. All right, I'm going to grab this Bible quick. Lots of up and down here. This is the name of the game today. Okay. It's amazing to be here with you all. Can I just say, after I had probably about a six-week stint there of being really, really sick and uh, just missed so much. Your faces, your presence, your smiles, like being with people. And I am a pretty big introvert, uh, but I showed up for worship practice for the first time and people were like, you seem really good. Like you, you seem like you feel awesome. And I said, I think you're all just giving me so much energy and life just being around you. It was so amazing. So it was way too long. I am mostly recovered, I think, uh, but still really, really tired. Uh, and one of the reasons, as you can probably see, I'll stand sideways for those of you who cannot, <laughs> oh, is that I am carrying our newest family member who is slated to arrive in July. So uh, I still kind of can't quite believe that I'm saying that to you all, Um, but more on that later because I do have a story for you. Um, But we are in the middle of, really just kicked off our Project Bible series, and we're going to continue with that in a little bit of a different way this morning. Um, I'm going to share just briefly uh, on the Holy Spirit. He's here. He's coming through the mic right now, if you can hear that. Um, (laughs) Hello, God. Uh, and really, though, I want to try to keep it super practical, and then we're just going to create space to experience and encounter God together, and I really feel like God's going to show up and do some powerful things. Uh, So if you are new to experiencing the Holy Spirit, we're going to be sending out through our resource share, through our morning reflections, some really awesome uh, project, or they, they call it Bible project. We're calling our series series Project Bible. It's a bit confusing, but uh, the Bible Project people have some awesome videos on the Holy Spirit, so you can check those out if you want to get a refresher or um, just want to know more about what I'm talking about this morning. It's a huge topic. We could do, we could probably do an eight-week series on the Holy Spirit, and I would not be able to, like, exhaust all the things I want you to know about who he is and how he operates, but Like I said, trying to keep it really practical today. So the first thing I want to say is that the Holy Spirit is experienced in community together. Yes, he can show up with you uh, by yourself in your bedroom at home, but there is a very, very special way that he comes in community. So most of you know uh, Amos and my daughter Isla and I got to travel in October to the National Conference. 
and we were not planning on going to this conference for many reasons, actually. Uh, the first of which is that was the week that I was due with our uh, previous baby that we lost. And so we just thought, well, we're not going to be traveling. I'll be delivering a baby. Um, but beyond that, we had just kind of cut that conference out of our budget uh, in COVID times, as most of us had to do, make some adjustments. And so just not planning to go. Well, we get gifted airfare, and we get gifted a place to stay. It was so generous, and we just said, okay, this is maybe doesn't make the most sense, but God is doing something. He clearly wants us there. Let's give it a go. And of course, I know that I'm like going to this conference with my toddler, right? So I'm like, I'm going to have reasonable expectations about how much I'm going to participate in the actual conference. Um, but just the perk of like warmer weather and some family time was, was good for me. But I was trying to keep it pretty like low key. And uh, the first session that I go to, uh, it was a Tuesday morning session, I think. I probably got there late. I snuck up in the balcony. I was chilling out, doing my thing. And we're transitioning after the speaker into the ministry time. And I am, you know, talking with God and basically saying, I don't know what you're going to do this week, but I think... My primary goals are I just want to catch up with some friends that I haven't seen in a really long time, and I want to get prayer for a couple of things I've just really been struggling with. And he says, okay, sounds good. So prayer time starts, and I say, you know, I don't really want to go up front to get prayer. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I start going off on this laundry list of reasons why this is super inconvenient for me. Like, I am in the balcony section. I got to, like, bug all these people. I got to walk past them. I'm going to spill my drink. And just, I'm going on and on. And he's like, okay. Uh, so ministry time starts. And the couple behind us says, uh, excuse me, we don't really like doing this. I don't like praying for people, really. I don't do it that often. <laughs> That's how they start. I'm like, okay. Um, but they say, uh, do, do you, are you? in pain? Do you need some prayer? And they notice, like, Amos is rubbing his neck really hard, and he's like, yeah, I just, I'm sleeping on the floor with my kid and the travel, and my neck's killing me. So they, we commence into this beautiful time of prayer. And as so many of you know, it wasn't about the neck pain. That was maybe the way that God caught these people's attention for us. But they just begin to start speaking out every beautiful pastoral calling and gifting in Amos. And I mean, I am just weeping and they're naming specific hurts and specific pains and specific weights that we've carried with us in the last couple of years. And they, you know, they're including me in and they're, they're naming, they don't know, they don't know us. They don't know we're pastors. They don't know we're leading a church together. They don't know our story. And they're naming these things about the ways that Amos and I work together and our strengths and how we are wired. And I'm just like, okay, God. We get done with that. And then the, the husband of the couple says, okay, we're going to pray for you now. Great. Um, let's do it. I don't tell him anything. And again, just 
every specific thing from my autoimmune disease to our, like our fertility things, our miscarriages, they're naming it all. And then the woman says, can I put my hand on your womb? And she, I said, sure, let's go for it. And um, she, I don't remember so much of what she said. And that is so much like what happens when God's spirit comes, right? You're like, this is amazing, and I, don't, well, I, wish, I, could, I wish I could like record it, right? That's always so many of my experiences. But the thing I remember is she said, God said, God is saying, I did it once, I will do it again. And she had no idea that we had only one other child in Isla and that we had struggled and... Anyway, I also am not somebody who operates in the gift of faith that often. Truly, truly believe this. Like, I love to pray, but it is mostly out of obedience and not because I really have the faith that God is going to do stuff. It is an area I really just want to work on. Um, But that's how I know that faith comes to me as a gift in those moments because I was like, I believe what she's saying. Like, and so many of you, so many of you have been on this journey with us through really painful spaces of loss and miscarriage. And it's, I mean, I, I love your prayers and I, was, I receive them, but I always had this like, I'm going to give God an out, you know? Like, I just, I can't, I'm going to give him some out because it's just too painful to hope that deeply. I just can't be crushed again. But as these people are praying, I'm like, I believe this. God is going to do this. And he goes on to just speak to me about this baby um, afterwards. And Sarah had gone up and gotten prayer from someone, and she came back, and I'm, like, trying to tell her what happened. And she goes, sit down right now. And write that down in your journal. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was great. That's just, Sarah's so great. She's so intense. And she has so much faith. I just love it. You're just so excitable about the Holy Spirit. It's so good, you know? Like, do you know what it's like to be around people who are like, I just I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I'm trying to write down these words that these people prayed for us, and I get done with the journal entry, and I go to date it at the top, and I remember and realize that it's October 19, and that was our due date, the previous baby. And you guys, in that moment, it like... I was just experiencing the presence of God, and he was saying, I know, I see you. I see you. And it just, it didn't feel like coincidence. Maybe it was. I don't think so. Um, so, whew, I thought I could get through that. Anyway, all that to say, later that month we're pregnant. And I was really hesitant to share this story with you guys. I don't know why now, because it feels so amazing. Um, but I just thought, I don't, I don't want to share this because it, I just don't want it to be about me. And again, that's what I was thinking this week. And God's like, okay. You know, he's pretty like, you don't want to do it? All right. Okay. Um, and then I come to worship practice Wednesday night, and somehow it, it came up. Well, not somehow. I walked in with my baby bump, and everyone went, whoa. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> Ed, Ed says, yeah, Allison, you got to tell him the story about how that happened. And I was like, 
uh, okay, and I'm about ready to just tell the worship team. And he, like, right as I'm going to start, he goes, no, wait, save it for Sunday. <laughs> and I was like, the Holy Spirit is speaking again. Like, okay, God, I will share. I will share with my family. So I guess I don't have a lot to say this morning other than when God is doing things in your life and moving, it's not about you. It's really not about you. It is for other people. When God blesses us and gives favor to us and empowers us to do really courageous, crazy things that we would not otherwise do, you got to share those stories. This is for our group. This is how I receive encouragement from you and you receive encouragement from me. And you get these gifts passed into your life. And I just feel like that's the word that God has for us this morning. That like, if we could understand that concept that it's not actually about me, I just think the comparison and the jealousy and the I don't know how to celebrate this thing with you because it's the thing I really want that I don't have and I'm not sure, you know, like, I think that would fall away. I think we would understand that the things that God is doing is just so much bigger than just your story, but we need your story. Your story is a piece of this community puzzle of what God is doing. So, it is the Spirit, by design, to come in community. And then the community, this church, we become the structure that then brings increasing moves of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Like you have to receive it in community, but then he's giving more and more out as we gather and do this thing together. So, I mean, you guys know communities form for all sorts of reasons, right? Um, there's CrossFit, so people form communities for health and wellness and fitness. There's, I just was talking to someone this morning who said they're doing Weight Watchers. They're not doing it alone. They're doing it in community with somebody, and it's been so encouraging. Uh, there's knitting communities. Um, there's communities for people who love llamas. I don't know. Like, you can literally, like, if there's a thing, you name it, there's a group for it. You can be in community with people who have the quirkiest things. You're like, that's a club? The llama club? Yes, it is. Okay, and, like, I'm betting that most of you are going to go home later today and watch the Super Bowl with friends in community. Oh, it's funny. I saw some of your faces that just people realized the Super Bowl is today and didn't know. That's awesome. That's awesome. It is the Super Bowl later today. It's uh, Rams and Bengals. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Now you don't have to be distracted the rest of the morning. Okay, so those things aren't bad, but I just want you to know, like, football and food and exercise are not the things that hold this community together. God has a really specific purpose for us, and it is because we are people of the Spirit. We are people who come and seek a move of the Lord together, and that is what we're doing here. In case you didn't know, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> um, and his presence comes when we're collectively asking for it together, right? And I want you to know, too, it's not just, when you think about the Holy Spirit and how he comes and how he moves, it's not just about asking for discernment. 
over specific questions or decisions that you need to make. You know, we can get really caught up in that of like, I have this problem I need to solve, and so I'm going to go to the Spirit and try to get some answers. Again, it's not wrong or bad to do that. In fact, he shows up a lot that way. But I think his heart is to say, the primary way that I come and reveal myself is for the purpose of showing you who I am, showing you my character, showing you my heart, and then in turn showing you who you are in the context of the family. So if you have your Bibles, um, I don't have slides today, but don't worry because your page is going to be really easy to find. It's Genesis 1. So if you need a Bible, grab them in the back there. Um, just want to read real quick from the creation narrative here. So, it's not the literal first page. There's some other introduction, usually in Bibles. But Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And he goes on to comment that it's good, and he names the light. Then he goes on to say, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. Let the waters beneath the sky flow together. I'm skipping over some things, but you get the idea. There's this pattern that God is revealing himself first. The Spirit of God is mentioned very first in the Bible as a creator. That is who he is. And how is he creating in this way? What is, what is God doing to create things? He's speaking, right? He's speaking in, in things into existence. And he goes on and he creates the fish and the birds. And then he says, let the earth produce every sort of animal. So we've got the animals there. And then, verse 26, it says, Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, we, again, we see he's creating, and he's creating with joy. He's calling things good. He is making things where there was nothing before. But then jump down to chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So, what do you notice here? Took me a few read-throughs to catch this. The Spirit is creating, and he's creating through his spoken word. He's hovering over the waters and creating all the things. But when he gets to the people... He's breathing on them. He's breathing on them. And this means both physical life and vitality and energy to like live and move and have your being, but it's also a spiritual breath. And isn't that amazing that God's creating through his breath 
but reserving that really only for the things that he made, the people he made in his image. Nothing else is getting that breath of life into them other than the people. And so that is really, if you want a like, short answer of what is the Holy Spirit, he is breath, he is life, he is energy, he is vitality. Um, and in that moment when God is doing that, he's not just breathing promises over people, he's actually like, giving himself to people. And I find it so fitting and interesting that in Acts, Jesus too breathes on his disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then the early church is commissioned in that space. Um, so this word here is ruach. Like I said, it's the word for breath. Um, it means wind. It gets translated, yeah, spirit, breath, wind. It's all the same. And you know, just like the wind, you don't necessarily see it so much as you do see the effects of the wind. We know it's powerful. We know it's windy when the trees are rustling, the leaves are blowing, and things are spinning around. Um, and that's the same way God works in his community. Though we cannot see him, we see the spirit because we can see what he's saying to us. We can see it through our spoken stories. We can see it through how our community is acting. And if you think about breath, it's the same thing. I don't necessarily notice that I breathe in and out, but it is literally the thing that is sustaining the life in my body. And your breath, you guys, it's not earned. None of us did anything to earn the breath of life. It was a gift. And gifts say something, I think, both about the giver and about the receiver, right? When I give a gift to somebody, I get so excited, not necessarily because I like picked out something really, really, really great and I love the thing so much. It's like the joy of seeing whoever I'm giving it to know like, I see you, I know you, I know what you would like, I cherish you, I want to celebrate you. That is what God is like when he gives his spirit to us. So we can get really fixated on like the thing we're praying for, but it's so much more. He wants to give himself. And it's communicating something about his intentions as a creator. Did you notice in, in that very first verse about the spirit, he's hovering over the waters. And what were the words that he uses to describe the state of the world at that point. If I read here, it's formless, empty, darkness, and deep. See the word deep, right? And so, you know, if you've been in our community for any length of time, you know in this past season we have really, really worked on paying attention to our inner worlds, paying attention to the place of lack in our life, the place where we are empty, the place where we are broken. And I think that's primarily because the very first time that the Spirit of God is revealed, he, that's what he's doing. That's where he's at. He's meeting people in the void. 
that's why it's so precious to get his, his presence when we're at the end of our rope. You know, we don't find ourselves praying about things that we don't really care about or when life is going great, right? We, we, we come to him with like deep prayer when things are a mess. And he says, yeah, I know, I'm there. And that's, that's where he wants to be. In, in places of our unbelief and our inability, it just shows us how deeply God loves us there. And the last thing I said, the gift tells you something about the giver, but it also tells you something about the receiver. So God has not only said, you are worth this gift to me, you are precious to me, you're worth the gift of my son and his life, uh, but he also says, I, I have a purpose for you that's flourishing, that's abundant, that is better than anything you can imagine, and that's who you are. So he's, in giving us the gift of his spirit, he's saying, like, this is who you are. Just receive it. Just walk in this with me. And he says, it's better if I go away. Jesus says this. It's better if I go away so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. And it's because the Spirit is who empowers us to actually live life like Jesus. That's where we're going to do that. So, in spaces like today, um, Sunday morning church, like this is what we get to do collectively. And we do it through practices of worship and prayer. And that's, there's a reason for that. It's because worship puts us in this posture to say, you're God, I'm not. I need the breath of life on me. I need your spirit to come and move. And I will posture myself to receive that. And it's the same with prayer. So we're going to worship in just a minute. And then we're going to pray. And we're just going to do some expectant waiting on the Lord. We come with the premise that he's already working. We don't have to invoke a magical experience or say a certain prescription of words in the right order to get God to come and be here. He's here. He's here and he's going to do things. Um, and we're just going to wait. And if you have a sense of what God's doing in the room or doing for the group collectively, I want you to come up and share on the mic. Um, Again, it's not about you. So if this is like you're nervous, that's okay. It's not about you. It's for us. Um, this is the way that we get encouraged. This is the way we get strengthened. And I'll, my last little note here is that um, I want you to know that we did invite our, our leadership team of the church to fast and pray yesterday and into today. And really that's just because we're sensing that God is saying, I want to do some really big things among you. I want to speak to you, and I want you to be unified in the way that you hear from me. I want us to do this together, not alone. And so we asked our, our leaders, would you just listen and pray and see what God says? So I share that, one, because unity is really important when we're seeking God collectively together. But the other reason is I just don't want some of you to feel intimidated by this process, um, like if you're watching and you're going, did that person just get all that download just this morning? Um, maybe, maybe they did. But also, we have created some space prior to this for God to speak. So um, don't be intimidated, all right?
So band can come up. We'll get set and we'll just get our hearts in a place to receive. So Holy Spirit, come. God, we love this prayer. We love this prayer that's so near and dear to the vineyard. And again, we don't ask you to come because you're not already here. We ask you to come in a personal, in a specific, in a tangible way so that we can say yes to you. And I ask right now, God, for the courage to take any walls down that we might have in the room, around our heart, around our belief that you're real, that you can speak. And God, even, even if that is where we're at, we know that your spirit is available to all of us, even people who oppose you, God. Your spirit is, is available. So would you help us to worship? We love you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.